Way back in 1973, two social psychologists named John Darley and Daniel Batson published a study entitled, get ready for this, From Jerusalem to Jericho, a study of situational and dispositional variables in helping behavior. Did you get all that? They wanted to know why people would help in some situations, but not in others. And so they decided to study one group of people who are supposed to be really good helpers. Seminary students studying to become priests. Maybe you've heard about this study. The researchers asked 67 seminarians who were getting ready to deliver a sermon. They asked them to deliver a sermon about the Good Samaritan. The story of the Samaritan helping the person on the side of the road. And these researchers then randomly assigned students to one of two groups. One group was hurried and the other group was given plenty of time. Not to prepare the sermon to get to, from where they were to where they needed to go. So they gave their instructions to those in a hurried condition, and when they finished the instructions, they said, Oh, you're running late. They were expecting you a few minutes ago. We'd better get going. To the other group, the unhurried group, the research assistant ended with the instructions. It'll be a few minutes before they're ready for you, but go ahead and just head on over. Each student walked alone from where they received the instructions to the building where they would deliver the sermon. And on the way, each student encountered a man slumped in a doorway, coughing with his eyes closed and moaning. The person was in distress. And the researchers watched from afar. Who would stop? Who? Who? of the seminarians who were getting ready to preach about the Good Samaritan, who would stop and check on this man who needed help? They found that 10% of the seminarians who were in a hurry stopped. And 63% of those who were not in a hurry stopped and checked on the man. I'm thinking about this study today. There's so much we could reflect upon or think about from it. But I'm thinking about it in terms of the way this scripture passage that we're about to read ends. It ends with the words, You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. We have a typical response to this this line, these words. But I hope, maybe... We can expand upon the typical response we might have to the Son of Man is coming. And I hope we can expand to the realization that we never know when Jesus is going to show up. And we don't want to be too preoccupied, too busy, too hurried to miss Jesus when he does. And so I pray God meets each one of us as we turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 12 and read verses 32 through 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
Sell your possessions and give your alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action. Have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those. But know this, If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What does it mean to be ready? Of course, given the context, that could mean any number of things. Being ready can take on all kinds of different shapes and sizes. But to be ready means to be prepared in relation to a given situation. If you're going out, to be ready means to have the right ensemble chosen. And to be prepared to walk out, well, at the time that you choose. To be ready to go on a road trip means... To have packed appropriately, with a car that's in good shape, and some manner of direction decided as to where you might be headed. What does it mean to be ready for school to start? Oh, for many it means getting your supplies, having your clothes, and setting that dreaded alarm so you're not late on the first day. What does Jesus mean? By being ready? Why does Jesus tell us to keep lamps trimmed and burning? So we're alert when the Master comes home. And what does that have to do with us today? Well, most of us have gained some measure of assurance that through our faith that that we are living a life headed towards the Lord, that we have been baptized and saved, and we are ready. For the Lord to come back. But as I said before. I read the scripture. We typically consider. This passage that way. One particular way. But I think there's more. We could do with that. Typically we think about. Being ready. The master coming home. As an eschatological passage. Eschatological means pointed towards the end, relating to death, judgment, the final destiny of the soul or of humankind. And it makes sense as Jesus talks about a thief in the night, as he talks about a master coming home. It makes sense as we think about what ends Scripture with those stories from Revelation and the return. It makes sense with so many having familiarity with a millennialist interpretation that to be ready means to keep watch for the rapture. And that is certainly a way to see this passage. It might be the right way to see the passage. It's certainly the way that I saw this passage 
As a 12-year-old, when I was in a Sunday school class in Marietta, Georgia in 1989, and the Sunday school teacher offered a particularly scary version of Jesus returning and me not being ready, having prayed a sinner's prayer. But does that mean then and only then I was ready? Am I still ready now because I prayed a prayer once long ago? Are these five now ready for life simply because they've walked through the waters of baptism? Are you ready because you did the waters of baptism, you got saved, you're always saved, and you have that free ticket to heaven when it's time? I think you are. But what if Jesus meant more than that? What if Jesus, who we say is all around us and at work all the time with us, what if there's something else we can be ready for? Isn't there more to do to get ready if that's the case? When we read the other parables, the other stories about Jesus at work, we see that Jesus coming at an unexpected hour doesn't just happen, and we're not just waiting for it to happen, but it already happened a bunch of times in Scripture. Do you remember that story about the Emmaus Road? Right after Jesus is resurrected in the Gospel of Luke, the story jumps to two followers, two disciples of Jesus, who were making their way from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they're lamenting that things didn't happen with Jesus the way that they thought they might. And a stranger comes and walks along with them on the road, and they say to him, do you not know everything that's just happened? And they explain to him what they thought Jesus was going to be, who they thought Jesus was going to be. We thought he was going to be the one that came and returned and was the Messiah. And as they walked, their hearts were strangely warmed inside their soul. They felt something going on, but they couldn't quite put their fingers on it. So they invite him in when they get to their destination and say, Come eat with us, it's getting late. They asked their guests to break the bread. And when Jesus, the mysterious person who had been walking alongside them that they didn't recognize, broke the bread, it was revealed. The Lord has been walking with us the whole time. We couldn't see it. It was unexpected. We had no idea Jesus would be here. What about Matthew 25? Some of you know exactly what I mean when I say Matthew 25. Others will only recognize it when I say the word inasmuch. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells the story about the sheep and the goats and how they're going to be separated. And in the story, he tells a group, inasmuch as you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. And inasmuch as you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. So I was hungry and you fed me. And I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. And, and one group says, when did we do that? When did we see you in prison and visit you? And Jesus responds, in as much as you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. 
The other group says, Jesus, when did, we, when did we miss you? How did we not see you? How did we walk right by you in a hurry? Because we had to preach our seminary sermon. And he says, in as much as you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. If the master knew when the thief was coming, he would have locked his doors. He would have showed up. He would have been there. If the seminary students had known they were experiencing a test, they, the, I guarantee you 105% of them would have stopped. Some of them would have stopped twice and others of them would have brought them to the sermon. But they were hurried. They were on their way to do something really important. And they missed an opportunity to see, to realize that the Son of Man had come at an unexpected hour. And they missed it. And I don't think life is as cut and dry as that study about the seminary students. And I know that I haven't stopped every single time I've seen one who needed help. You probably haven't either. But I wonder if as followers of Jesus, if we have an eye towards the opportunities to step up that that are in front of us, if maybe then we would realize that Jesus shows up again and again and again in ways and places and people and instances and stories that we never would have expected. And that makes me ask us if I believe, because if we believe, do you believe, do I believe? Because I believe that, that living a life as a disciple of Jesus is one in which we realize that at some hour, and maybe during the hours when we least expect it, someone in some way may come and minister to us or need ministry from us. When we least expected it. And, that, and when that time comes, are you going to be ready? Am I going to be ready? Are we ready for Jesus to unexpectedly show up even without an eschatological rapture that ends all time and enters us into life everlasting somewhere else? I think this is what it means to be called to be ready. I think, think that it means that our breakthroughs and our accomplishments and the biggest moments of our lives are not the end. They're only just the beginning. Baptism isn't the end of your journey. It's just where it starts. Everybody knows that parenting doesn't end when the pregnancy is over. Parenting just gets started when the baby is born. Those of you who are headed off to college or back to college, the work didn't end when you got accepted. It has only just begun. Make the ball team. Practice has just begun. Start school. You still got to accomplish everything that's on your list. The farmer knows that the work isn't done when the field is planted. The student knows the work is not done because you got to the first day of school. The parents know that the, the, the job is never complete because the kid is born or, 
or moves out of the house. For all of us, when it comes to faith, when it comes to to belief, the journey of belief is accomplished not just when we walk the aisle, not just when we say the prayer, not just when we experience a dip in the waters of baptism. These are just the beginning steps that prepare us to experience the significant reality that Jesus shows up all the time at unexpected hours, sometimes when we least expect it, but also sometimes when we most need it and couldn't imagine it. Do you believe that? Do you believe, do you believe there's work to do in being ready? Do you believe that there's, there's ways that you can be ready? Do you believe that being ready matters not just for Sunday but for today? Do you believe that in being ready, you can ready yourself for some end time experience as well as every step along the way to get there? I do. Because I believe that God will walk with us all the way there. And if you believe that too, consider what you're doing to get ready and to be ready. The call of the gospel is that we we be ready to put our faith to work through action because we never know when Jesus will show up. And I suspect that when we really are ready, we will see the power of Jesus is right here with us when we most need it, when we least expect it. And it will reveal to us that our experience of God has only just begun. And Jesus showing up unexpectedly has only just begun as well. That is my prayer. That is a challenge for us. And I believe that is how God works. And I pray that we would align ourselves with God, God's work like that today. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this church and for all the ways that we celebrate as a worshiping church in this day. We're thankful that we can remember songs of our faith that strengthen and nourish us. We're thankful that we can see the work of the church and the work of diligent family members and friends who have helped bring along five new ones to to the faith. Lord, we're thankful that we can remember our baptism and we're thankful that we can be challenged by your scripture and not just challenged in a way that is hard, but assured that maybe even when we least expect it, that's when you're the most present. And so, Lord, I ask you today as we move towards the conclusion of our service that you would strengthen us through all that we've been through, that you would help us to acknowledge the experience of your love with us, and that you would help us See ways that we can prepare for you to be with us in the days ahead when we need it and when we expect it and even when we don't expect it but desperately need it. For we do not know when you will come but we believe that you are not far. Thank you, Lord, for hearing these prayers. We offer them in the name of Jesus Christ, your risen Son and our Lord in whose name we pray today. Amen.